Hello everybody, Formula 2 headed down under for the first time this weekend and in typical Formula 2 style, it delivered in spectacular fashion. This is the F2 Show, I'm your host Fraser Ford and joining me to review all of the action from Melbourne, we have motorsport journalist Emily Sands and inside F2 writers Jenny Craig and Luke John Buckle. Coming up on the show then, Ayumu Awasa and Dennis Hauger were our winners this weekend, we reflect on their performances. It was an action-packed weekend. We discussed the key moments from both races and we look at how this weekend's results impact on the championship standings. But before all of that, I want to start today's podcast slightly differently. Me and the team at Inside F2, we've been blown away at the amount of people that have chosen to listen to this podcast on this podcast player right here. The way you can continue to support us is really simple. Follow us on social media, get involved in the conversation that lots of F2 fans are already having. We really do love hearing from you. So yeah, just a massive thank you very much for your continued support from me and the team at Inside F2. It means an awful lot to us and we'll continue to try to repay your amazing and support in every way that we can throughout the season. Okay, let's get stuck into the racing then. What a weekend, by the way. So much to talk about as usual. Um, Yeah, first time Formula 2 visited the streets of Melbourne, Luke. I really enjoyed it, to be fair. I thought it was brilliant to see Formula 2 cars uh, on the streets of Melbourne. Bill on Twitter kind of disagreed. He said, I can't say I'm a fan of Melbourne for Formula 2. The track surface seemed difficult to negotiate. Uh, yeah, what, what what did you make of it, Luke? A fan or not a fan? Yeah, yeah, it was great to have F2 and, and F3 as well at Melbourne. The racing was really good and yeah, the, the Ford, the RSNs worked really nice. It was a tricky one with the the long nights over the, over the weekend, but the racing was good and hopefully we'll see F2 return next year to, to Melbourne. Yeah, definitely difficult for us uh, us viewers in the UK, wasn't it? Waking up at that time in the morning. Uh, Ayumu Awasa was our feature race winner and he leads the championship for the first time in his career. Was this his best weekend uh, in Formula 2, Emily? I mean, yeah, he had some good weekends last year. Obviously, he won in Abu Dhabi to close off last season. But I feel like this weekend was very consistent for him. Um, you know, he claimed his third F2 pole position in qualifying um, just before the red flag was come out, because we know that was quite a tricky session with the rain. Um, took pole for the feature race, and now he's leading the championship in front of Porsche. So, you know, I think he's doing very well. Even Dams himself had a great weekend. And um, he even said in the press conference afterwards that he wasn't even thinking about, you know, Porsche or anything like that. He just wanted to go for the win. And obviously that's what he got. Um, He said that they were wanting to improve as a team. And obviously that did work. So he said that that's the reason why they have that double podium this weekend. um, And that it means a lot to Dams. um, And obviously to him as well, because he did get the win in the end, which is great to see. But I think, you know, having Porsche there might maybe become a little bit more of a challenge. Porsche has said that he's aware that dams are going to be really hard to beat this year. Um, So I think maybe going forward, is Porsche going to, you know, get on top of him on the championship? Maybe. But overall, I thought it was a great it was a great weekend for him. And it's just proved again that he is a really good driver. Yeah, 100%. Jenny, is is he a, a real championship contender now? This throws him right in the mix along with Terry Porsche and uh, others, right? I really think he is. I think he's definitely been, for me, the strongest driver of the season. And I think when Lawrence said it at the start of the year, we didn't really think much of it. But I think after everything that he's done this year, especially this weekend, I think it'd be a bit silly to count him out of it. 
Luke, it's a, it's a good time to be uh, doing well, uh, especially with as a Red Bull driver as well. Do, do you think that Ayumu Awasa, you know, with a good season, he's thrown himself into the mix in terms of the, the maybe an Alpha Tauri seat next season, for example, if Nick DeVries doesn't quite live up to expectations? Yeah, I think he's got as, as good a chance of anyone as, of winning championship. He performed really well over the weekend, taking the, the feet race win, and he's had a good season so far, and he was good last year in, in Formula 2 as well, then he knows the track's coming up. They're going to Baku next, and there's also Spa later on in, in the calendar. And he'll be putting pressure on Yuki Tsunoda and Nick DeFries, who haven't uh, been absolutely scintillating now, but they've had their good and bad moments as well. And so he could be uh, lining up on the, the Formula 1 grid in, in Bahrain next year instead of Formula 2. Yeah, an all Japanese lineup at AlphaTauri. That would be something, wouldn't it? Yuki Tsunoda uh, and Ayumu Awasa next season in Formula One. Uh, I think we're getting ahead of ourselves, by the way, aren't we? We're we're three races into <laughs> the season. Um, uh, Arthur Leclerc, Jenny. I want to talk about him. What a weekend, by the way, for him. He's now the highest placed rookie in Formula Two. Um, yeah, he'll be he'll be very happy with that weekend, right? Double points. I think it's really good for him as well because we saw in F three last year. He had the pace, but he didn't seem to put the races together. Um, and he tends to start from the back, more towards the back, and then work his way up. But I think he's having a much more consistent season in terms of qualifying. And then, yeah, we're still seeing these great overtakes. I think he did really well to keep Bessie behind as well and stay out of trouble in the feature to pick up his first podium. Definitely first podium for him uh, and Downs his 20th win in the modern era of Formula 2. Uh, you voted them as your team of the round on our social media channels with 56% of the votes. Downs, your team of the round, well done to them. Okay, sprint race winner Dennis Hauger. Uh, peak performance on Twitter says Dennis Hauger, driver of the round, 100%. Uh, would have had two podiums from the weekend and been P3 in the standings as well. Oscar on Twitter says Dennis Hauger is the only correct answer for driver of the round. Uh, he was the only one who performed well in both races this weekend. Um, yeah, good, really strong weekend for, for Dennis Hauger, wasn't it, Emily? Just a shame about that last little instant at the end. Yeah, you know, like, I mean, the whole weekend was crazy anyway, wasn't it? But um, he did have a really good weekend. And obviously, you know, I, I do believe, and I said it at the beginning, that I think Hauger is is something special and I think we need to keep an eye on him. And, you know, he's also a Red Bull driver. So could there be competition between him and Owasa moving forward? Possibly. They're always going to, you know, there's loads of Red Bull drivers now. So they're always going to be trying their hardest, maybe a little bit too hard, like Fittipaldi sometimes does and then makes those mistakes. But they're all going to be trying their absolute hardest to make sure that the guys at Red Bull were looking at them and hoping that they can get into F1 at some point or even into AlphaTauri, um, as we were just mentioned. But um, yeah, he had a really good weekend and I think that it's just going to keep going up because he clearly knows what he's doing. Yeah, what did you make of the um, the the incident where where uh, obviously Victor Martins hit the back of him, Jenny, in the feature race, cost Dennis Hager a podium? What what did you make of that? It was uh, obviously a mistake on on Victor Martins's part, right? I think it's just a shame for both of them because I have them as both championship contenders. It was, I think, it was just so avoidable as well. It was on the last, well, going on to the last lap. He's had the pace. Since the start of the season, Martin, but it's just these little mistakes that have lost him so many points. It's a shame because the ART, I think, looks quicker than the dams. Yeah, it's the, it's the it's the second feature race in a row, Luke, that Victor Martins has made a mistake. Is he is he trying a little bit too hard? Is he a bit eager to impress? Is that is that the issue? 
Yeah, yeah, potentially. It's, it's a weird one with Martins because he's had so much good success coming up towards Formula 2, winning F3 and Formula Renault as well. We never saw him make too many mistakes further down the ladder, but I think Jeddah was the big mistake for him where he threw away some big points and especially in that weekend, Taylor Porcher was sort of down the order and that was the big opportunity for him to get some points back. And now he's, he hasn't scored a point in well, both races, Australia and in, in the speed race in Jeddah as well. So he's a long way behind, I think it's like 40 points or whatever it is, behind Iwasa already. And then with the tracks coming up, Baku, that's such a lottery in Formula 2. You don't know what's going to happen there. It's so unpredictable. And just needs to get his head together and score good points. A good race, a good win could put him in a completely different situation. Yeah, definitely. A shame for Dennis Hauger, uh, but uh, I'm sure this will be little consolation to him. But he was voted your driver of the round on social media as well, with a massive 81% of the votes. And he still he now has the same number of wins in Formula 2 as graduates Mick Schumacher and Yuki Tsunoda does. So, yeah, it shows the, the calibre of driver that we're talking about uh, with uh, Dennis Hauger. Okay, we saw an incident in the feature race where Enzo Fittipaldi, he spun off and almost hit the stricken car of Roy Nassani under safety car conditions. I'll be honest, Emily, my, my initial thoughts were, thank goodness there wasn't a marshal on track or a few marshals on track trying to recover the PHM car. Otherwise, that could have been a really nasty incident, couldn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, unfortunately, we've seen these type of incidents where marshals have been involved um, you know, in crashes in even local circuits in the UK and, and other circuits around the world where marshals have unfortunately been caught up in, you know, in crashes and things like that. I mean, we can look at Suzuka last year in F1. That was the same kind of thing. You know, thank God that that marshal didn't get hit. So, you know, yeah, it was very lucky that marshals went on the track and obviously Nassani had managed to exit and walk off. So he wasn't anywhere near the car. But, you know, this all comes down to the fact that they pitted under the safety car to put on the soft tyres and where they've come out, you know, we've been seeing it all weekend, even in F1, cars spinning out because they just don't have the heat in the tyres. And obviously with the F2 races, we don't have tyre blankets, so we can't maximise that heat to get the grip when they come out of the pit lane. So, you know, there's all these things that run in together that, you know, could have avoided that, you know, but it was... Fatal for Fittipaldi, obviously, that was, you know, it's not the first mistake he's made. Um, so I guess I'm kind of apprehensive going forward to see, you know, what's going to happen with him. Is he going to be able to get some good results? Because it feels like he keeps making these mistakes and even last year as well. But yeah, all, like you said, we've just got to be grateful that there weren't any marshals anywhere near that when that happened. Definitely. What what do you make of, we don't think we've ever spoken about this on the show before, to be fair, but what do you make of the fact that we don't have tyre blankets in Formula 2? Does it does it lead to potentially having incidents like this where drivers do come out of the pits, um, you know, without any temperature in their tyres? And particularly when, you know, motorsport, it's, it's prone for drivers making the most of, uh, you know, taking a pit stop in, under a safety car, for example, if they are then going to come out under a safety car period and there is an incident on track and they've got no temperature in their tyres, do, do you think that therefore not having tyre blankets is a little bit dangerous at points or was it just a really unfortunate incident at the weekend? No, I think it is dangerous. You know, I, I don't know the technicalities behind it. I understand that even in Formula One, they're talking about getting rid of the tyre blankets for next year because they're going to have different tyres again. But, you know, to me, 
how much difference does it make? Like, well, we've obviously seen how much difference they make because they need the grip. And these things will happen if they can't regulate that tyre temperature. And you've also got to think like, you know, the F2 cars are completely different to Formula One and Formula Three. So, you know, we know that they're awful to drive. The drivers say it themselves. We know that they're prone to spinning out on cold tyres. So when you've got to try and get that heat back in the tyres, especially at a street race as well, where it's very narrow, it is dangerous. So maybe that might be a conversation that might come up in the future. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, yeah, potentially a learning from this weekend, maybe. Uh, and uh, yeah, disappointing weekend for Enzo Fittipaldi, wasn't it? Let's hope he, he bounces back uh, and Carlin need a strong weekend as well. Okay, Frederick Vesti, really strong weekend for him down under. Uh, Sarah on Twitter says, if there had been a driver of the day in Formula 2 on Sunday, it would have gone to Frederick Vesti. Uh, yeah, good, good weekend for him again, wasn't it, Jenny? I wouldn't go as far to say that he's a championship contender yet until he can put together a season. If he's still going this strong by round five or round six, that's when I'd say he could definitely be a championship contender. But I think the likes of Porsche, Hauger and Iwasa, like we've already said, are looking really, really strong. But it is only round three, so I wouldn't count him fully out yet. So many races left and so many drivers for me that I think could potentially win the title, right? I mean, there's you look at Victor Martins, we haven't mentioned. We haven't mentioned uh, drivers like Ollie Behrman. I mean, you know, showed he's got the race pace in every race so far this season, but just hasn't quite put a race together. He's been so unlucky, hasn't he? And there's even more drivers that uh, probably Zay Maloney, Isaac Hajar, for example. So many drivers that, um, yeah, I'm sure there's more we're, we're missing as well. I want to talk about Isaac Hajar. Um, a much better weekend for high tech in Melbourne. Obviously, Isaac Hajar competing throughout the feature race uh, and Jack Crawford also on the podium as well in the sprint, Luke. It was, yeah, a much better weekend for them, wasn't it? Yeah, it was great for Maita. It was good for Crawford to get the podium. And they've been a bit indifferent in the first two rounds, like in Bahrain and, and Saudi. But this weekend, they took that bit of a step up and good for the team morale as well and to bring home a nice bit of silverware back to the factory. And uh, they've got some like good drivers further down the ladder as well, like Luke Browning and Alex Dunn. So if they make the progress towards Formula 2 with high tech, they could be challenging for points and, and wins for in the years to come. But more points in Baku, more points in throughout the summer as well, and they might find themselves in a, in a good position come, uh, come Abu Dhabi. Yeah, for sure. Jack Crawford becomes the second youngest podium finisher in a, a Formula 2 race, by the way. 17 years and 344 days. The only driver who uh, to have won a, a Formula 2 race younger than him is Theo Porsche in Monaco, the feature race 2021. Thanks to our stat man, Simone, for that one. Um, Luke, I did want to talk about Isaac Hajar. Um, there was an unsafe release or a potential unsafe release, wasn't there, in the uh, in the feature race. Uh, Isaac Hajar or Hitech letting Isaac Hajar out uh, just in front of uh, Oli Behrman. They made contact in the pits, didn't they? Um, should that have been a, a penalty? Is uh yeah, a high tech lucky to get away with that one. Yes, they were. It, I was, I was shocked. It wasn't a penalty, to be honest. I mean, Behrman left the box before Hadjar, and with the the pit lane being so narrow, you you can't run side by side in that situation. Hadjar's relying on the, the 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 front jackman to to let him go, and he let him go just a bit too early, and and with Behrman getting the the puncture as well, and it seems a bit strange for Behrman to be. So it's such a big punishment for something that was 0% his fault. And and a similar thing happened in Formula 1 a couple of years ago as well, where at Monaco, where Verstappen 
hit Valtteri Bottas and he got a five-second penalty. So, And it was sort of a similar situation over the weekend with Hajar and Behrman. So, yeah, there should have been a penalty, really. Yeah, odd one, isn't it? Emily, why, why do you think the FIA didn't give a penalty for that? It does seem like there's still a little bit of inconsistency, doesn't there? It's the same with motorsport in general. You know, you can say the same for F1, and I know I keep comparing it to F1, but there's no there's no consistency there. And yeah, I completely agree with Luke. Like, there should have been a penalty there. If that had happened to anyone else or at any other point during that race, then they, you know, that would have been a penalty. And, you know, as we were speaking before, as soon as you saw it, Fraser, you said, oh, he's going to get a penalty for that. And then when it just doesn't come up, it seems very unfair to Ollie. Behrman obviously in this case that he suffered from that and Hajar just you know got away with it so I think it's something that should have hopefully have been brought up maybe in the the in the uh, team meetings after the race and and hopefully they've put forward that to the FIA and said you know like what happened there because these things can't just you know if it's an unsafe release it's not just the driver's fault but it's the team's fault like you said he's waiting for that guy at the front to release the jack and let him go so hopefully there was mentions of that from other teams and hopefully probably Prema did bring it up at some point I'm sure they did um but yeah I don't think it's fair that Ollie got you know had had what he had because of an accident that Hajar and his team created yeah definitely really unfortunate for Ollie Behrman hopefully he catches some luck at some point this season because he really has been unlucky in the first few rounds of the season hasn't he mm. Teo Porsche, much better weekend for him after a difficult weekend in Jeddah. Uh, Kyle on Twitter says that Teo will need to push on, uh, which is something that he didn't do after his three wins last season. Momentum will be even bigger, an even bigger factor as the grid is closer together this season. Has Teo Porsche, has, has he reignited his championship hopes, Emily? I think so. I mean, obviously, Jeddah was a really, really bad weekend for him. He messed up and he admitted to that. Um, but I think, you know, he's come back with a stronger and fresher perspective in Melbourne. Obviously, the drivers were all really excited because it was the first time that they'd ever got to race there before. So I think that probably really, you know, fueled his his drive for that weekend. And I think, yeah, he's got to find that drive inside him, which I know he has. He wants this championship. He lost out last year to Djokovic. So, you know, he's going to keep pushing. But I feel like it was definitely a good step forward for him this weekend. And I feel like for the next 10 rounds, we'll hopefully see some more from him. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully he pushes on. Uh, Jack Doohan, not the weekend he would have hoped for at home in front of his home fans. Uh, ironically, his qualifying was incredibly strong last season. Um, and, and this season, he just seems to be really struggling in qualifying on a, on a Friday, which really impacts his weekends. A bit odd because he was one of the best qualifiers last year. Yeah, I think as well on Friday, he was fastest in practice. And he looked very quick in the opening stages of Polly. I think it was just he was so unlucky with the timing of the red flag this time round. And he started, he qualified 17th. And when you have qualifiers like that, it makes your weekend pretty much impossible. It was just if that, maybe if he hadn't have had that red flag at the end of qualifying, maybe he would have been a bit higher. And I think his weekend could have been completely different because I do think he was the quickest driver on Friday. He needs a, a good weekend in Baku, doesn't he? He needs it more than any other driver on the grid, I'd say. Uh, Luke, I want to talk about Richard Vashore as well. Uh, another great feature race, didn't he? He went from uh, P... Oh, I can't remember what it was off the top of my head. I think it was... Was it P17 all the way up to, to P18? 
P7 or P18 up to P7. He also went from P20 in uh, Jeddah all the way up to P6. He just needs to sort his qualifying out, doesn't he? He could be absolutely mega if he starts inside the top 10 on a, on a Sunday and a feature race, right? Yeah, yeah, he was a really good driver, Richard, for sure. P18 to, to P7 in the feature race and, and some good points for, for the team. That's what he's there for with, with the team. A good, solid driver, loads of experience and just to pick up uh, good results like that. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully he can have a better qualifying and Jack Doohan can have better qualifiers uh, next time out in Baku. OK, let's take a look at the championship standings after round number three. It's our feature race winner, Ayumu Owasa, who leads the F2 Championship for the first time in his career. Teo Porcher remains in second. Frederick Vesti jumps up the standings to P3 after a strong feature race. A great weekend for Arthur Leclerc means that he moves into P5 in the standings and is the highest rookie in the championship. Kushmini and Richard Vashore round out the top 10. And the team standings? Dams are our new leaders after becoming the first team to win two races this season. ART and MP Motorsport are not too far behind. Carlin, Virtuosi and Hitech are all yet to win a race so far this season. They remain outside the top five. PHM and Trident round out the team standings. Okay, that's all we got time for today. My thanks to Emily, to Jenny and to Luke for joining me on today's show. As mentioned at the start of the show, please do give us a follow or subscribe on your chosen podcast player. If you have enjoyed the show, make sure you give it a like and get involved in the conversation on our social media channels. We love hearing your thoughts and your opinions throughout the weekend. But from me, Fraser Ford and all of us here at Inside F2, we'll see you next time.